This is Film Center. Your number one show for real entertainment industry news. No fluff, all facts. Now, here are your anchors, Derek Johnson II and Nicholas Killian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Center. My name is Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And what are we talking about today, Nicholas? Today, we are talking about the fact that the Disney VFX artists have unionized. Yeah, they unionized under IATSE. Local 839. Yeah, Local 839. And where is 839? Local 839 is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Yes, that's what IATSE stands for. And the 839 is going to be here in Los Angeles. Right here in Los Angeles. And the number of artists that that are eligible to join the union thanks to this recent development, is over a 1,000. Now, let's talk a little bit about why these people haven't been in the union in the first place. I, myself, have been a previous uh, Disney employee, and I know that Disney and some of their contracts... Now, I was not a VFX artist, but working under Disney, I do know that in some of their contracts, they prevent you from unionizing when you sign up to work for them. Right. This is possibly one of the reasons why they were not unionized previously. Plus, one thing that a lot of people do not pay attention to is post. There's not a lot of shine put on the post world. For some reason, a lot of people don't even know some of the post awards that have happened that are pretty big. I myself have gone to the PA Awards, which if you don't know what that is, that's the Hollywood Professional Association. And a lot of times their awards are more geared towards uh, best colorist. They're geared towards best editing and things like that. And, of course, visual effects. VFX it does come up in the Oscars, but there's not really, there's not really distinctions. No, and then one of the things is that the way that this came about is obviously with the SAG after strike and the WGA strike. Yes, yeah, been a huge years for huge year for strikes when it comes to the entertainment industry. And we had previously talked in a previous episode about why IATSE wouldn't strike, but they are. But there's also possibly those reasons we talked about previously. And if those of you listening here to Film Center, you can go check out those previous episodes at filmcenternews.com. We're also on all streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple, and things like that. Right. But then we also have to talk about the long hours and the tight deadlines. So well, yes. obvious, obviously in the entertainment industry, you're going to get taken advantage of, right? That's just a given. Yeah, it does happen. And like it says, VFX, they often work 60 to 80 hours per week and are often given tight deadlines to meet, low benefits and pay, lack of job security, unfair especially with the Especially with the, the, this change in technology, they've been more directly affected than the, I would say, the writers or the actors by AI. Because other people thought like, oh, it's visual effects. How could it be different? They've been competing against technology for a while now. Plugins that do text, plugins that do fire and things like that. Those were used to have to be done by VFX guys. And now are things that you would just assume that most people could just do with just basic Adobe plugins. It used to be VFX people's job. Not saying that they're now not now tools because VFX people have a lot of tools that they can use. But there are like a lot of AI environment generators, right? And so... What happens is that you, some of these studios will say, okay, you have access to this technology. Now I'm going to even tighten your deadline, making it even more unrealistic. And then they complain why it doesn't look realistic. And then a lot of these VFX jobs are being shipped overseas where there is right. sometimes even worse labor practices than here in America. 
And then the thing is, this hasn't been happening for just a couple of months. They started doing this in 2022, right? So the VFX artists at Disney began organizing with IATSE in 2022. And then also in 2022, a survey of VFX artists at Disney finds that 90% of respondents were interested in unionizing. Mm. They then... Disney then sends a letter to the VFX artists urging them to vote against unionization. And then, in, of course, in 2023, they then unionized to vote. Because there have been some high-profile cases of VFX artists speaking out. Yes. So there are four cases, four high-profile cases that come to mind, right? So in 2019, a group of VFX artists who worked on the film The Lion King alleged that they had been worked extremely long hours and tight deadlines and were underpaid for it. Now, what about, so specifically, some of our viewers out there might not understand what this exactly means. Oh, long hours, let me work long hours. But... These people are giving deadlines that are basically almost impossible or it's their job because there are, the entertainment industry is so sought after that everyone is just very replaceable. And it's also a 24-hour cycle. There is no rest. Right. The lawsuit was settled for $20 million. So it's not, it's not like they were lying or it was something small. No, the right. government was like, Disney, you have to pay. And you'd be surprised how often it happens that these larger studios like Disney have to pay out because of basically work abuse. And then in 2020, they had the same thing happen on the Avengers Endgame. Yeah. And then in 2021, a survey of the VFX artists found that 85% of them said they had experienced a burnout at some point in their careers. And the survey also found that 75% of respondents said they had been forced to work overtime without pay. Now, according to The Hollywood Reporter... Mark Patch says the aim would be to have members of such a local, on local work, work under a local basic agreement contract already used by the entertainment workers and 13 locals, including the International Cinematographers Guild, the local 600, Motion Pictures Editors Guild, the local 700, and the Art Directors Guild, the local 800. I personally have met a lot of really great people in the Art Directors Guild. They were also at the San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys don't remember, Film Center went to the San Diego Comic Con earlier this year, and I had a really great time speaking with some of the members of the Art Directors Guild that were there. You, I was shocked to see them. Why? Because they were out there, like almost like promoting, if that makes any sense. Right. Which a lot of unions and guilds, it's not something that you typically see them doing around no. promoting. Oh, they'll promote to people they're. I guess, who are already in the industry, who are already working. Like, if you're working in SAG, like, oh, you want to join SAG because you're already working actor. Not to random people. Not at Comic-Con, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things I talked to them about was that they were like, a lot of these visual effects artists are getting picked straight out of, like, college or sometimes they're being picked. It's hard. To, it's, I say picked. I mean that very lightly. It's still very difficult to get into. Um, Cal Arts is the best. But basically, if you're coming out of... CalArts something like they want to get you as soon as possible before you're able to basically properly represent yourself and get you into one of these longer contracts for a while. And a lot of times the you'll get into a contract that might be for a show that you might be in love with. But like you said, these working conditions aren't as you expect. Once you sign that contract, especially someone who needs to pay rent, you got to do it. Right, exactly. It's almost like the whole college situation where it's, you know, you're 18 and you take out how many 
tens of thousands of dollars and it's, hey, by the way, this is with you until you die. And when you die, we're going to pass this off to another family member. But so we sit there and we say, okay, what are the good things about the fact that the VFX artists are now unionized under IOTC? Everything goes up, right? There's potential increase for, actually, let's do this. We'll talk about the benefits, right? Collective bargaining for better wages, benefits, and working conditions. Protection from exactly what we were talking about as far as unfair labor practice. Access to training and development. And then the other studios that have also unionized with the Disney VFX artists are Wet Digital, Frame Store, Industrial Light and Magic, and Sony Pictures Imageworks. This also, remember that earlier this year, Marvel visual effects also unionized. Really? Yeah. So the Marvel, a lot of the Marvel VFX unionized as well. And so I assume that this is just a, a year of unionization. Everyone's just, everyone's really fighting for their rights this year. I personally think that a part of this reason really does come down to the inflation that's happening with the rest of the country. People forget these are regular jobs. Not right. regular, quote unquote. But like when I say regular, they pay their bills with these jobs. They pay their rent with these jobs. They pay their car note, whatever sort of student loan debt they may have, those certain things. And now, and it used to be that, that, yeah, they're getting abused, but they are paying paid a lot more for it, right? right. And now that studios are more penny-pinching, this not as flying, and they need these rights. It's funny that you talk about pay because according to Glassdoor, the median salary for a VFX artist at Walt Disney Pictures is about $101,000 per year. However, salaries based on experience, seniority, and the specific roles. A senior VFX artist at Disney may earn upwards of $150,000 per year. Now, it's difficult to say how much more they're going to get paid now that they're unionized. And I would also like to state that because he just said the medium and the high number. You also need to remember that a lot of people are not getting these high or medium numbers. Right. So when we talk about mediums and high numbers in here, one thing you need to memorize is that it's not consistent. This is a contract. They could just get this money and then not work for another year, which means really for over the for two years, they're actually only getting 50K. And also, you do have some people who are only getting about $50,000 a year. I know some personal, I personally know some VFX artists. They're only getting paid around that much. And right. oh. part of the issue is that people will look at the mediums and they'll, or they'll say, they, oh, I'm paying this one person all this much, all this money, but you're not really paying the rest of the people on the back end of the team that much. Well, then that, that's the whole point of the unionization is job security, job length, right? Right. Everybody in the entertainment industry knows you're only as good as your last job, and it's job scarcity, right? So Mm -hmm. let's say you did get paid $100,000 or $150,000, right? Yes. You might, like you said, you might now work for another two years, right? It's totally possible. That's what the unionization is for, right? So with that, it's... Estimated by Glassdoor that salaries for VFX artists could go up as much as 20%. Which is really great. And then also, some of these people are, are taxed very high, too. They have very high taxes. And then it was uh, crazy that we also living in Los Angeles. It's like one of the most expensive places. Now, once again, I have said this in the past. It's not like these are jobs that are only paying 20 k 
right. you know what I'm saying? But because you should, you should a lot of these people paid with your work. Right, I you mean, be this is not work. easy work to do. No, not at all. Not it's not and the thing is it's also worth noting that the unionization of Disney FX artists could set a precedent for other studios to unionize like they already have and could lead to more standardized set of wages and benefits for VFX artists across the industry. The surprising part is that it hasn't happened already. The it's 2023, right? And unions have been around since for a very long time. But the entertainment industry has such a huge history of abusing their workers that it's like, oh, this is just now the time. I don't know. I feel like, a, I feel like this should have happened a, a while ago. It's just supply and demand. Everybody wants to do it. Like, I'll give you an example, right? So right now, a lot of jobs, you negotiate your pay. It's not a standard set type of thing. You do have sag after that has standards pay scale and you have right. all that kind of stuff but i'll give you an example right my teacher who teaches me how to do the facial hair pieces right mm-hmm. he told me when he was coming up that he would go from studio to studio negotiating his own pay and then when he would he would work here for a year or two and then or maybe a year he would negotiate this pay and then build up his portfolio, build up his experience, go to the next studio, and then be like, okay, now you're going to pay me this amount and negotiate that amount instead of them being a set standard pay increases. It's just what you're going to negotiate. So this person get could be getting paid $40 an hour, and this person get paid $24 an hour. Right. So it's just really what you can come down to negotiate, which is why for a long time, many... Um, Workers have relied on uh, uh, their agents mm-hmm. and their managers to come up with these numbers. Me personally, I use an entertainment lawyer to negotiate all my stuff, but they're also not cheap. But I need to make sure right. just <laughs> that my negotiations are done well. But and like I said, it's just gonna with the local eight three nine. It's just gonna come down to better job security, fair scheduling, transparency, voice training and development, networking opportunities, professional development. Just overall being treated like a human person that's not there just to finish the project. I'm gonna tell you what might result from this is that because there are so many, especially in VFX, there are a lot of jobs that are being pushed overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, Unions, when when places unionize, the first thing corporate wants to do is move the job somewhere else, move them overseas, move them somewhere else. However, I truly believe that of enough VFX artists unionize in their own groups that eventually, we're in America, you'd be under IATSE. Right. right. But eventually, I believe they might do this in other countries too, so they can never get away with it. We, there was a famous case of Disney working way around China. And they had some sort of camps, some sort of slave camps around there to shoot Mulan, mm-hmm. right? And so it's okay. Yeah, that was a huge controversy. Very large controversy. So it's, if people start unionizing in other parts of the world, maybe we can finally put an end to all this. And then the biggest thing to, one of the things, not biggest, but the thing that I think is very interesting is Disney has not yet publicly commented on the fact that they have unionized yet. Yeah, I mean, the IATSE did release already release a statement saying breaking Walt Disney's uh, visual effects workers, and this is from their Twitter. I guess their X, since Elon Musk changed it to X. <laughs> but it's from X, even though it's still a tweet, saying 
record-breaking Walt Disney Pictures VFX workers voted unanimously to unionize in a labor board election. The vote was 13 to 0. These workers become the second dedicated VFX union unit to unionize with us, with the other being the unanimous election of Marvel Studios VFX workers just last month. And then, so, you sit there and think, okay, did Disney do anything to try and interrupt the VFX artists from organizing? Could they, could they even have done anything? Apparently, according to many media outlets like The Hollywood Reporter, Variety, Deadline, and The Wrap, people were threatened. People were incentivized by saying, hey, don't worry, I'll give you a pay raise if you don't unionize. The typical things that happen when an industry or a group of people union try to unionize and then the overarching people are like, hey, don't do this. It's the typical corporate, you know, shove around. Oh, hey, I'll pay you more, which is not guaranteed. And especially when, once again, these are contract jobs, right? right? This is not W-2 jobs. Right. Um, there are a couple people who get W-2s, but they're like senior somebody. They're getting paid, like, I guarantee you, that $150,000 is not the peaks. There's someone out there that's getting two hundred k, and that person might be W-2. However, and a lot then, of these are... And then they are usually the ones that don't do anything. They don't create anything. They're right, they're managing. just managing, right. A lot of these uh, union jobs are just straight-up contracts. So when I say they'll pay you more, it's about paying you more once for this limited time, not in general. Because they know once you unionize, you'll have a lot more power and you'll get everything that you want compared to them just trying to negotiate a deal with you. And for and this is, 2023 has been a huge year in which a lot of people have not scabbed. It was very shocking. We thought a lot more people would scab. We had Cass on recently on the podcast, a SAG actor. And he was talking a lot about how some actors wanted to scab, but a lot of them took on regular jobs. Like Cass was gonna was a PE teacher. Cass right now is not only a professional actor who's working on Grownish and like a whole bunch of other shows, shows on Freeform, shows on HBO and stuff like that. Is oh, I'll be a PE teacher to not cross over the picket line. He's talking about how one of his friends was who was also an accomplished actor is an Amazon driver to not <laughs> do a yeah. pickle like I can't like that's crazy that's the state of the industry crazy. right now if, imagine watching someone on TV and be like man I love these actor this actor he's so great he's so awesome and then he delivers your <laughs> Amazon pack she's like hey man was that you <laughs> imagine watching New Girl and then Nick shows up to your door like hey I got your Domino's pizza and you're like Yo. Yeah. Man, you, that's how you know times are difficult. That's how you know times but, are difficult. So the next question is this, right? So how is this going to affect Disney's bottom line? How is the VFX artists going to affect Disney's bottom line? How much money is it going to add to Disney's bottom line? And Michael Patcher, an analyst from Wedbush Securities, two other people are saying that it's going to add between $50 million and $100 million to Disney's bottom line each year. Not like they can't afford it. Not like they can't afford it. Doug Cruz, at an analyst from Cohen & Company, said pretty much the same thing. It could be 50 It could be $100 million. Um, and again, it's not like Disney can't afford 50 to $100 million. Right. This is one of the studios that was allowing themselves to lose hundreds of million dollars every week by allowing the writer strike to go on and the SAG just, strike is still happening and they're totally fine with losing all that money. Just despite them. Just, it, and then you sit here and you say, okay, 
how is this, how is the fact that the VFX artists have unionized themselves, how is that now going to, how do you think this is now going to affect the support staff in other areas and for, and forms of production assistants, costume designers, and editors? There are a whole bunch of unions out there. Okay, so you have IATSE and you have SAG, WGA, DGA, the Producers Guild. The producers don't really need a union really but there is one we've talked about that in extensive but there's also hair and makeup unions things like that i think that this is just a long time coming but i don't really see it the only thing i see this affecting because it's been a whole coming it's been a whole like congregation of the entire working force behind hollywood that's been like hey you guys gotta start treating us with some respect yeah, you got to do something. You have to start treating us with some respect. And so I think that when more negotiations come up next year, when more negotiations are due for other unions, they're going to demand more. They're way more. They're probably going to go on strike. I guarantee this. The, what's going on this year is going to happen again next year, but with the other unions that are due. I honestly avoided a strike, but next time they might be like, hey, you know what? Now that we're bigger and better with so many VFX artists behind us, now we decide that we're probably going to strike if we don't give us more. Now, we said they weren't going to do that. But when people get a little bit larger, get a little bit bigger, that's something that they might want to do. Right. And then they had a study by the Economic Policy Institute found that union workers in the United States as a whole earn an average of 11.2% more than non-union workers. And then also an example would be the unionization rate for production assistance is around twenty is around ten percent. However, in some industries such as television and film, the unionization rate for production assistance is much higher. For example, the unionization rate for production assistance in Hollywood is around forty percent. Yeah, which it's crazy. That's higher. Right. It's crazy how in Hollywood it's thirty percent higher. So I think overall, the benefits and job security could ripple effect into other areas. And again, it's not like these studios can't afford it. Like we just said, the unions were spending on the unions. I'm sorry. The studios were spending how much? Hundreds of millions of dollars? Hundreds of millions of dollars to not allow these people to unionize. And they're perfectly fine with that. But to spend the little... 47 million to the WGA or the others under 100 million to any of the other unions they were struggling to wrap their minds around. I think the the reason why they were willing to do that is because of the domino effect of the precedent that it sets. If one union that's this is also I have this is a little hot take here, but I don't think the WGA should have gone with I don't think the WGA should have gone with such a quick tentative deal as they did. I know why the WGA did it, but they should have waited till SAG also had one. I don't believe that they should have done that. And I know we're supposed to be talking more about the VFX artists here, but we're talking about the domino effect. You're Everyone's stronger together. They should have been like, oh, okay, we're going to stay with, our, with SAG. But they took a tentative deal. In the same aspect... The VFX artists have realized, okay, we all have to join. First of all, IATSE, once again, we have ta- said how powerful they are. They're immensely powerful. Right. Not only is it the, the right match for them, but they're immensely powerful. 
it's it's hard to say that this year isn't going to ripple into other years into other unions for them to say they want to demand more. We already talked about that's how what they want right. when they get more powerful. But what happens when each union starts looking out for itself and the unions aren't quote unquote unionized? And right. that's personally what I am afraid of. I think that the VFX artists should be a part of IOTC. I think they should have been unionized a long time ago. I think they should they yeah. deserved rights that's what I for was how thinking. for so long. But I also believe that IOTC is powerful enough to say, oh, like with WGA and SAG, if one if IOTC goes on strike, right, and let's say SAG for some reason is on strike the same year. Mm-hmm. Okay. If IOTC goes on strike, then SAG goes on strike. IOTC could say, Oh, we're not with them. They are. They'll oh. look. Here's the thing: everyone stands in line. They all picket it with each other, walking out front of studios because they're all doing that, right? They're all fighting, cheering together. But what happens when young, one union says, "Oh, we're good"? For example, the DGA. The DGA has said, "Oh, we're being supportive," but they're not supportive enough to help them. That's the same thing that happened in 2007, right? Yeah. It was just the opposite. It was the opposite. It was, what was the studio? One of the studios caved and was like, ah, I'm actually good. I'll actually give you guys a deal. Correct. And the producer, the producer's union, but all the studios didn't stay combined. One broke off to say, hey guys, I mean, hey, I this support is this. Fair. Yeah, I support this, right. I'm a, I'm going to go ahead and give them a deal. And that's, obviously it's a lot more nuanced than that, but that's essentially how the 2007 strike ended. But one one question I, I would ask you is, what do you think is the reason why workers wait till tech revolutionizes itself before they take or ask for what's rightfully theirs? Oh, this is an easy question. Easy. The answer what? is quite simple. People don't change until they're forced to. Really? Especially when you are working in this industry. People don't understand that when you've been doing something for 10, 20 years, you start to get real tunnel vision. Humans are people of habit. If I, Especially people who are working 16, 18 hours a day. Do you think they're worrying about anything else besides eat, sleep, work? And you know how fast the days move and the, month, and the months move when you're doing the same thing? Not same thing. When you're working at that high level so often, so frequently... Like, when do you have time to say, hey, hey, let me plan off, let me plan this whole union. You know what I'm saying? Only this year when it has been so much disruption. If you notice, they did not unionize and neither did Marvel VFX unionize last month until there was time to do that. Everything's down. Yeah. Everything's down. Who's to say that if the WGA and SGA, uh, WGA and SAG did not unionize and shut everything down, that they would even do this? I would think that the workers become more productive and more valuable with the technology. That's true, but I'm just but saying I, I because of the sh- because of the shutdown, they would not have even. It's not a thing of. It's not to say oh they're not smart enough or not capable of doing it, right? But they only do it when there's a change in technology because if it's not broke, don't fix it. And it's a lot easier to just keep on pushing through with the same thing. It takes a lot to unionize. It's not just oh hey 
What's up? You want to unionize? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, guess what, guys? Now we're unionized. No, it takes a lot of time out of your day, out of your nights. There are a lot of ledgers and papers and memos that will be written. You get the, who are going to be my members? Who's not going to be a member? How do you define who's a member? How do you define who can qualify to join, right? How do you define who can't qualify to join? Who am I going to say counts as VFX? Even though VFX is a very broad term, right? Do my assistance count? Do my... Mean, meanwhile, somebody is now taking your job while you're trying to... You do the people uh, overseas count? Because I could be working with... I am producing uh, a podcast show outside of this one, Film Center. is really great. and is, <laughs> is one of my main ones, obviously. But outside of this, I do produce another podcast. We are working with a team in India right now for some of our technology. Right, for to help us produce some of the episodes. It's okay. Do they get unionized? Because technically they do qualify. So now right. I had to create regions, right? Oh, you have to live here. You have to live there, right? Who knows? It's a lot of work. And you need time to do those things. You don't have time for it when you're working 16, 18 hours a day. And the days that you're not working, you're off contract and you're not getting paid. So you know what you're doing? You're looking for your next one. Because I remember when I was, whenever I was working in construction, they have what's called per diem, right? Everybody knows what per diem is. Mm -hmm. Now, like they said, you have to be in a certain radius of the plant to get the per diem. And the way that they're also sneaky about it is we have a saying called as the crow flies radius. Mm -hmm. So as what that means is it means if a plane or a crow were to fly, say it was a 50 mile radius, okay. right? If a crow were to fly 50 miles that way, that's the radius. Not 50 miles it takes to drive in your car. A straight line. It's a straight line 50 miles one way. So it's a it's the same thing. It's a bit... And now they're doing it, A, out of necessity because of the change in technology. But for them, I think it's mainly because they finally have the breathing room to do it. I think that's what allows people to... That's what allows the domino effect, right? The strike after strike. But guys, this has been Film Center. Once again, you can follow us at filmcenternews.com, and we're all on all socials. Nicholas, what is your? What do you think is the the future of this? Do you think you're gonna see we're gonna see more VFX people join Nazi? Oh yeah, I think now that they've unionized, now there's protections. Now that there's a possibility for standardized wages, a possibility of just overall better quality of life, it's going to attract more people to the VFX field. Not that there wasn't already a lot of people. Well, so guys, my name's Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And this has been Film Center. See you. See you. This has been Film Center on Comic-Con Radio. Check out our previous episodes at filmcenternews.com. Sign up for our newsletter and get the Hollywood trade straight to you. You can follow the show at Film Center News on all major platforms. Tune in next week for a fresh update. Until next time, this has been Film Center.